Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. All right. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Rich Swarbinski with the Mortgage Collaborative here once again with the last week in mortgage today. Our weekly whirlwind through all the latest and greatest in the residential lending industry. Each week, I ask one of our lender members to join me as my co-host and in the co-pilot See this week, the Chief Strategy Officer from Southwest Funding, Mark Brez. Mark, great to see you, bud. Good to see you. Thanks for the invite. Absolutely. And before we get into it, if you could, uh, level set for the audience, if you could tell us a little bit about Southwest Funding, your role, anything else uh, of note about the company. Absolutely. So Southwest Funding LP is an independent mortgage banker. Um, we're a private mortgage banker and started back in 1992. So the company was founded by one individual, and that's Don Young. Um, over the years, he started off as a broker. He had a couple of partnerships, um, eventually acquired his warehouse lines, graduated as an emerging banker, eventually um, brought on a full delegated underwriting team and staff. Um, I initially got hired back in April of 2015 as director of secondary to start the the hedging platform and take the company mandatory. And uh, so we did that and uh, the company's doing well. We are uh, licensed in 36 states and we are a 99% retail and a 1% TPO shop. Um, company's doing well um, year to year between 2019 and now. Um, numbers look good and I tell everybody, you know, we really got to scratch out the two COVID years. Um, just scratch them out and look at what your numbers look like between 2019 and now. And, uh, you know, if you look at that, that, that makes sense. It's a great point. And I've heard so many of our really smart lenders lay it out that way. Like forget the last two years, they were great. You were able to make a lot of money, but they were an anomaly brought on by a unique worldwide event. And uh, we're back to reality now. So I know a lot of our members are looking at, their year-over-year numbers, not against 2021, but against 2019, right, Mark? That, that's exactly correct. And, you know, one of the biggest things, and biggest hurdles with everybody at the beginning of the year is that everybody was staffed for the COVID years um, for 2020 and 2021. And so, you know, we saw a lot of companies lay off a bunch of employees um, because they were staffed for that and the volume just, you know, ticked down. It's just not the same as it was then. So, you know, it's never a, an easy conversation. Uh, you know, Southwest Funding for the first time in the history of the company had to lay off people um, this year. And uh, never a good topic, but, you know, you need to right size and kind of get back into perspective um, so you can properly. It's one of the really challenging things about our industry. It's so cyclical. Uh, technology certainly starting to have more and more of an impact, but Really a hum very human uh, industry still, more so than I thought it would be uh, five years ago from today. Uh, and it is challenging. I just try to remember our members at the winter of 19 and now this year, kind of the same thing. Like, man, I, you know, like the type of member that joins TMC, it's, it's you know, stereotyping a little bit. It's the type of company that does not want to lay people off, that typically hasn't in their history. And a lot of our members this year that they, they tried so hard not to do that, but uh, at some point, you have to kind of manage the expense side of your balance sheet with the income. There has to be some corollary. That's exactly correct. And, you know, that's kind of uh, 
you know, we saw a lot of people do. Um, so it's uh, it's been an interesting year, and it's been an interesting uh, ride, to say the least, in the last uh, couple of years and kind of where we're at now. Never a dull moment in the mortgage industry. And, uh, yeah, it's a little trip down memory lane, but uh, let's go ahead and get into the news of the week, Mark. And let's start with some news that just came out yesterday. Uh, Wells Fargo announcing or uh, uh, media sources announcing their plans to what they called a major retreat from the mortgage business. Um this is the, I don't know if it's the end of an era, but it is the cascading of a pretty significant run for Wells Fargo, a little trip down his three lane. Wells, if I remember correctly, I think Wells, they had a subprime arm that they sold like six months before the meltdown, if I remember correctly, got really lucky um, to unload some of that side of their business before everything really melted down. You fast forward to like 11, 12, the few years after the meltdown and Wells Fargo had emerged to a dominant market share. I remember at one point, I think it was 33% market share in the U.S. mortgage market, which is incredibly significant. Uh, so to hear them uh, say that they could be uh, winding things down, maybe shuttering or greatly diminishing their correspondent lending division, big news for our industry, Mark. Yeah, you know, that's exactly correct. You know, Wells Fargo, you know, post 2008 crisis, you know, they were on the forefront of lenders. You know, a lot of lenders were backing out of the sector. You know, Wells Fargo was just charging forward. Uh, you know, and since that time, you know, over the past decade, they probably brought in, you know, something like $57 billion in fees for mortgage operations. So, you know, if you start looking like you know, within the last year, of what's been happening, um, you know, on the business side, everything from clients to scandals to, you know, there was something about uh, a gap in approvals between blacks versus whites that wanted to refinance. Um, there's just a lot of turmoil and distress that went in there. Um, I think a lot of executives at Wells Fargo, you know, are really taking into consideration, um, you know, all of that and whether how much of the mortgage business they, they really want to compete in. Um, we don't really know for a fact what um, what they're going to do with their correspondent lending channel. Uh, Bloomberg cites, you know, they, they could potentially shrink it or they could potentially halt correspondent lending altogether. Um, other than rumors at this point, nobody really knows um, what exactly that's going to mean. Uh, I mean, my best guess, and I have nothing to back this up, is I would just say, so I, could, I, I could see them, you know, shrinking down the correspondent channel. Um, but who knows? Um, they, they could just completely get rid of it. Um, that's still that's still out there to to be determined. Um, so, you know, I know it's fashionable to hate on the big banks, and you know, the, I would guess public opinion polls most people in America would have a negative opinion of big banks, but great point by you, Mark, like Wells Fargo played a critical role post meltdown in helping fill the gap um, and help to uh, satiate demand from originators um, during some really critical years for not only the residential lending industry, but the broader economy. I mean, we all remember what happened in 07 and 08 and uh, the tailwinds that it kind of cast on 
our broader economy and you know the presidential i remember the the uh the obama mccain presidential election and mccain just couldn't answer the mortgage meltdown questions quickly enough and really cost him the election it was huge huge news at the time but it's tough for big banks to be in mortgage. We've heard Jamie Dimon at Chase speak just incredibly candidly about this over the year. I'm paraphrasing. This is not a direct quote, but Jamie Dimon basically has been saying since the beginning of time, like, listen, we're only in mortgage because we have to, because our bank has branches all across America and people walk into them looking for home financing. If it wasn't for that, we would not be in mortgage. It's too up and down. It's too regulated. It's too unpredictable. Um, and, uh, but so we'll see what happens from this. But good news for small to medium-sized mortgage lenders. Every time a big guy gets out of it, we see some of the issues that some of the big public IMBs are having now uh, speaks to some of the advantages of the small to medium-sized independent mortgage banker, which Southwest has been one for many years. Absolutely. And I, and, and I think this is going to be, like you said, a big opportunity, especially for you know non-banks uh, to kind of get out on the forefront. Um, you know, as, as they back down from the mortgage origination side. This is the last week in mortgage today. I'm Rich Swarbinski with the Mortgage Collaborative. This week, joined by Chief Strategy Officer Mark Perez. Uh, Mark, the rate climbing in general, um, obviously a roller coaster here in, in 2022. I've seen a little release relief as of late. Um, dipping back, that rates dipping last week back into the high fours. Now, kind of bouncing in the low fives but uh right now just a lot of uncertainty i think people are like i don't i can't remember a time where there's been more uncertainty about where our general economy is heading than we have right now you got people all over the board because there's a lot of mixed signals you got a very strong labor market people are still spending money by the data really irrationally into the face of high inflation and racking up credit card debt but they're still spending money um yet inflation is taking a toll in other areas. How do you see just like the broader U.S. economy right now and, uh, you know, maybe how it uh, relates to interest rates that we could see later on this year? Yeah, so, you know, you hit the nail on the head as far as roller coaster. I mean, right now, you know, we've had this ongoing um, just mixed signals between the market where, um, you know, people are suggesting things are getting a little better. Um you know, Mary Dolly from the uh, San Francisco Fed this week actually decided that, uh, you know, even though the inflation, at, you know, we came, the number came at eight and a half, you know, the reality is we're still very far from the Fed's target rate at 2%. And so we have a lot of work to do. So, yes, we are seeing signals as far as uh, employment and, uh, you know, things looking a little better. But, um, I, I think we'd be foolish to just jump to the gun and take that as gospel. We would really need to um, let that saturate. And the, and the markets are kind of torn. You know, bond traders right now are, you know, torn up between a 50 basis point hike in September versus a 75 basis point uh, hike in September. And that is, you know, just indicative to some of the, the confusion and kind of where, where everything's going. Um, you know, honestly, I think until we get the new CPI report um, that's going to come out in, you know, next month, uh, we're probably not going to get a really good signal whether it's going to be a 50 or a 75 basis point hike. 
But back to the mortgage rates and, and how that affects it, it's like, you know, obviously uh, our mortgage rates, you know, follow the traction of mortgage-backed securities or MBSs. And so with that, an MBS is essentially a bond. And, you know, that that uncertainty and that turmoil, I think, it's in the in the screens. And so it's kind of been up and down, up and down. And you know, ideally it's gonna stabilize here at some moment, but when's it gonna stabilize? That's still unknown because there's still a lot of uh, a lot of factors out there that are influencing where it's gonna land or what's gonna happen in the next market. Honestly, in my personal opinion, I don't think we're gonna see any type of stabilization. We're gonna kind of stay in this similar rate environment at least for you know the next year possibly even the next 18 months if i had to make my best guess good point and yeah i mean your your point everything is fueling up this inflation data right now everything is fueling off of investors expectations of the rate and pace and direction of inflation you noted that uh, the next big uh inflation related number the cpi number that we'll get next month um, still weird dynamic in the market right now because we've had three pretty positive big economic numbers in a row. We had a really good jobs report uh, for July. We had CPI, the last CPI data from a week or so ago that uh, was tamer than expected. And then got a really good report yesterday on industrial production, uh, manufacturers, people that are producing goods in America, uh, their activity stronger than expected. Again, speaking to a resilient economy and uh, business activity and consumer spending. But like throughout the history of time, like good economic news typically would mean stocks would rally and mortgage rates would drop. <laughs> right. And economic news, uh, we'd have the, the flip side of that happen. But now it's really weird. It's like we get good economic news and people are like, oh crap, the Fed's going to raise 75 instead of 50 or 100 instead of 75. And We've had all stock and bond markets selling off on good news. And uh, that's kind of what we've seen this last week with 30-year fixed rates going from the high fours to the low fives, no? No, that, that's exactly correct. And kind of to recap what you're saying. So, you know, in past years, you know, we, we've really seen some observations of some efficient market theory at play where, you know, you can kind of, tell the market could I kind of tell in pricing what was going to happen with the hikes or kind of where we're going to go. And, you know, we're, we're really not at that point, you know, at any given day, you know, just spreads can just drop or, or increase because we just get compounded by, by a bunch of data, um, whether it's um, economic, uh, whether it's home builders or inventories. Um, I mean, it's just all getting jam packed and it's just, causing uh, a great deal of heterogeneity in the marketplace. You mentioned the home builders, Mark. That's where I was going next. Uh, just yesterday, the National Association of Home Builders uh, Housing Market Index, which measures the pulse of the single family new construction market, fell for the eighth consecutive month to a reading of 49 in this um home builder housing market index um again eight months in a row of drop and reading above 50 is considered still generally positive so this drops below that logical 
uh, barrier uh, index has fallen considerably from a year ago. Some of the commentary issued by National Association of Home Builder uh, Executives uh, in conjunction with the release uh, said, listen, I basically they said, I don't know if we're in a recession in America, but we're in a housing recession right now. And there are major, major headwinds and problems for home builders. And if they're not addressed, it could have uh, really lingering uh, issues. Uh, your thoughts on the release yesterday from NAHB and, and some of the comments that surrounded it? Yeah, so, you know, with home builders, you know, they're, they're going under a rough patch right now because, you know, they're building supplies. The prices of that are increasing and going up. But at the same time, we're experiencing an environment with higher mortgage interest rates. And, you know, these higher mortgage interest rates compounded with that, it's making it a little bit harder for first-time homebuyers to kind of come and put into the equation. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, it, 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 it seems to me, uh, it seems, uh, I, I think the consensus is that's kind of brewing us up into a perfect storm. Um, and and it generally, it, it, it wouldn't be positive. So to really fix that, I think we really need to see you know, rates go down a little bit just 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 to kind of help out a little bit with that so that they don't have that problem. Either that or you're gonna have to see their the prices, the building prices that they have to, to go down. And I, I don't think that's gonna happen, uh, at least not anytime soon. Definitely worth watching all the data and activity in the new construction market also got news just earlier today on housing starts that's essentially the count of like shovels in the ground uh new digs uh, starts of new homes uh, which was down just over 10 percent for single family homes month over month building permits which is a more lagging indicator like shovel not in the ground yet but we want the shovel in the ground that was down 4.3 month over month so uh the momentum um with new home construction still going the wrong way, but on a more positive note, as it relates to housing inventory, uh, Realtor.com came out with their monthly housing market report uh, just a few days ago, and uh, some positive news: reporting year over year total active listings up over thirty percent from where we were a year ago. Uh, so it feels like, and we've been talking about this for a couple of months, but the data keeps trending in the right direction. Feels like we're getting some relief on the inventory. Uh, side of things, Mark. Uh, is that what seen, you're seeing in the in the markets you guys serve? Yeah, I mean, again, that that's one of those small little signs that I think people. Uh, it, it, it's a good feel good sign that you you want to charge with and say, hey, this is positive, this is good. But if you look at a macro picture and you extend out the horizon and take COVID into into play, you know, we're still not as well as we were before the COVID years. So the COVID years still. You know, we've got now people are taking their masks, we're getting back to normal, people are getting back into jobs, people are getting employed, we're seeing the reports, but I think there's still this lagging effect from, uh, you know, being contained within the COVID years that we still need to get out of until, until it's really positive. So does it look positive? Yes, absolutely. When you look at it at a micro level and you track the horizon. When you expand the horizon and you start looking at, you know, what was happening pre-COVID years, I, I think there's a little bit more work. That's a great point. And uh, yeah, because you're right, we are up 30%. Uh, 
total active listings year over year. But if you go back to the August before the pandemic, I think we were down like 11%. So, and, and it's not like inventory was robust uh, the summer before the pandemic started. We were talking about uh, not enough inventory on the market even before the pandemic. Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly correct. And, uh, you know, like I said, I, I, I think there's just more work that, that needs to be done. So yes, while it's positive and we can, you know, say hooray, celebrate, um, you know, we're, we're still not where the market us to be in terms of certainly have, We've certainly had to dig deeper for positive uh, news stories on the last week in mortgage today. <laughs> this year. So, well said, Mark. Uh, continuing with the positive theme, though, um, mortgage delinquencies are at the lowest level since ever, since the MBA started tracking them in 1979. And, uh, you know, having worked for banks and, you know, monitoring like employment and mortgage delinquency. Highly tied, very strong labor market right now. So not surprisingly, a lot of people working, very few unemployed, people paying their mortgage. That's a, another great thing, right? Absolutely. I, uh, you, you know, I believe a lot of that is predicated by the fact that we just left uh, a very low interest rate environment. You know, yes, rates have ticked up and kind of got up to us, but there were still deals where people got lower monthly mortgage rates. Uh, Another key factor, and I don't think enough people have paid attention to this, but I know at least 12 states participated in this program from a government standpoint, is the Homeowners Assistance Fund, um, HAF. And I know the state of Texas um, you know, participated in it. And what it was, was the government provided financial assistance to people that fell behind on mortgage payments uh, that were related to the COVID pandemic. And this started back in February and kind of the March area. And um, so it was basically money that they were giving to help people get caught up. Now, um, interestingly enough, it really wasn't advertised or marketed very well. So there, there was a big population of people that didn't know about it. But for you know other people that you know were looking for it, it was definitely out there and it was definitely utilized. Um, you know, we know that at, at Southwest Funding, um, you know, we were fully aware of the program. So that was definitely something that, um, you know, we wanted to share from a marketing standpoint to just the general community at large. Um, you know, if there are people out there that needed um, financial assistance to get caught back up. And again, that was around February, I want to say, when, when that kind of that got up there. But but it's very good news in general, um, just in general to, for the economy and for, for the people. To have out there. I think some of the other states, I believe, were like Louisiana, Alabama, Arkansas. Um, yeah, I don't remember. Uh, Kentucky, New Mexico. So. This is the last week in mortgage today. I'm Rich Swerbinski with the Mortgage Collaborative this week, joined by Southwest Funding's Chief Strategy Officer, Mark Perez. We've got about five minutes left with Mark. Uh, Mark, like just a uh, reset, really, of our industry right now. The, the crazy run up in rates the first six months of the year following the last two years. Um, and, you know, things kind of a lot of the headwinds seem like they're lessening. Feels like we're in a reset right now for good signs, though, for the last months of this year. 
And uh, how's just general activity been for you guys? And uh, anything particular that uh, Southwest is looking at um, from a strategy standpoint as we get into the back half of 22? Yeah, so like I mentioned, you know, volume's down. I think everybody's volume's down in the industry. It's safe to say that. Uh, really, it's just, you know, having to evaluate um, your overhead expenses and, you know, what that looks like, just right-sizing everything that you need. Um, just so that you can be a little bit smarter about your business and your bottom line um, to protect it. Um, you know, Southwest funding is continuing to proliferate into other states and expand. Um, you know, we, we have full-time recruiters in-house that, you know, talk to people. Um, and they're really other than like maybe like two or three states that we're probably not very interested in because of uh, a lot of the, the legal paperwork and the way it's um, you know, we're looking at rolling that out. Uh, purchase volume is, you know, clean right now for a lot of people. I think that, why should I know at Southwest Funding that, you know, we've always been a purchase shop. We would never, you know, a refi only shop. Um, a lot of guys that are refi only are having a little bit of a tough time right now. So, you know, if if you're starting up the business right now, I guess my advice would be, you know, if, if you want to put all your eggs into the refi basket, it's probably not going to be the best thing to do. Uh, you know, find a methodology to employ the purchase business, in whatever, whatever that is, whether you're going to be establishing relationships with realtors or whether you're going to be um, getting purchase leads or, or whatever your model is, I would definitely, definitely have that and definitely stick to, you know, the, the meat and potatoes of the business. You know, we saw a, you know, we've seen recently a lot of guys in the non QM sector, uh, you know, kind of go down and close some shops. If you go to the truth about mortgage.com and you look at the latest closures and mergers, um, you know, you'll see a, a Big list of everybody that's gone in there. Um, some people fairly recently, um, channels that have gone um, specifically in TPO. Um, so, yeah, just be cognizant, very uh, resilient you know, when it comes to that as, as navigating this business. Where are you guys at? Uh, work from home? You're allowing employees to work from home? You got like a mix? Where, where are you guys at with that? Uh, now two and a half years removed from April 2020. Yeah, so 98% of the corporate employees are back in the office. You know, the 2% are some people that um, for, for, for whatever reason, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, a health reason that they're working from home, but we're mostly all back. And it was really interesting because during the pandemic, you know, we still had a fairly large population of employees um, that would come in. Now, you know, we we had our social distancing and we realigned the offices accordingly and had masks. But uh, you know, overall, we we just we kept it going. And there's two schools of thought, you know, with working from home versus um, you know working in the office. And working in the office, I think you know you get more accountability with people it's uh it's it's easier to mentor people and kind of see what you're doing um you know some people work better when they're behind a desk in an office and they've got a different mindset whereas 
you know, you send them home and they tend to lag, the response time is less. Um, but at the same time, you know, depending on the individual, the individual could work from home and be more productive. They could get out of bed, roll out, start running their reports, um, you know, and, and just keep working. I, I mean, I know the couple of times that I had to work from home during COVID, um, you know, I would fall out of bed, I would get my reports done, and, and, and I just wouldn't know when to stop. And I would keep going the next thing I'd look up at, you know, my watch, and it was like 9.30, um, 10 o'clock at night, and I kept going, going, going. Um, not all employees behave like that. So it's really, that's where it's essential to, to know your employees and know your people so that, um, you know, you, you can be better. So is there really a better way or not? Well, there's two arguments on both sides um, for that. We've just, we've taken the approach that, you know, working in the office is uh, you know, something we want to do. And a lot of businesses within DFW, um, you know, where we work, everything you know, seems to be back to normal um, for the last couple of weeks. Mark, I greatly enjoyed the conversation. Really, really appreciate you joining me this week. Uh, very insightful, and uh, thanks for joining us. All right. Thanks, guys. And to our attendees, thanks, as always, for spending 30 minutes of your week with us. We're here every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern with the last week in Mortgage Today. For our podcast listeners, don't forget our live show uh, on Zoom. You can register at mortgagecollaborative.com. And uh, to our live viewers, uh, the majority of you consume us on podcasts. So subscribe, TMC Connect, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. So until next Tuesday, have a great rest of the week, everyone. Thanks again, Mark. Thank you. Take care. Bye. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.